On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. Finally, the baseball season is upon us, and we're hoping we're going to get a full season in this time around. Coach Mouse trying to get a full season in after getting just about a half season in last year. Hopefully in 2020, we'll get to play baseball all the way until May. The Newman Jets baseball season starts on the 12th of February. Southwestern Oklahoma State Coach Mouse in his second year here at Newman University. Hoping to get a full season in with the Jets. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming back here on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, Obviously, how excited are you, first of all, that the season is here and that it does appear like you're going to have a chance to actually get a full season in for a change? Uh, Yeah, it's exciting. I hope that that we don't go through another pandemic um, (laughs) that will just blow it out of the water. But, um, you know, I think we last year we learned some stuff. Um, especially about the team, and I thought we were starting to play better. And hopefully uh, we don't start as late this year of of playing good baseball and and can continue all the way through the season. In in your mind, how do you kind of judge and evaluate your your first season given the small sample size that that you did have to work with? I don't know if I really – you know, I went back and reflected about things, and it was really hard to determine because we had a lot of upperclassmen, um, not really. I think we had one freshman, two freshmen who really got um, playing time. Um, everybody else was either a junior or senior. So, you know, looking at the program and think, oh, we can grow from here with that many upperclassmen um, was difficult to do. Going through the fall, though, it was, it was good to see. Um, we have a bunch of freshmen and then a bunch of juniors and seniors again this year that – um, excited to see what we look like when we're put together and playing correctly, but um, you know, hopefully we can get to that point. In baseball, obviously in the summer, that's a big time to work on your game, to improve your game, and there's typically so much that's done in terms of summer collegiate wood bat baseball, uh, the you know the NBC leagues, the Mink leagues of the world, where a lot of these guys would get to play, get some extra reps, some pitches, some at bats, whatever you know their position is. How is all of that impacted by the coronavirus pandemic, and and in terms of what the guys normally do in an off season? Yeah, um, I think we only had like three guys play in the summer, and they played in the in the Kansas Collegiate Leagues, um, which Kansas seemed like it was going to play come hell or high water. <laughs> um, Tyler pushed; he was an All Star um, this summer, um, and you know I thought he played very well. Um, got to see him in the All Star game um, and play. Uh, we had another new player this year, um, Enzo Benventer, who was also an All Star. Um, and playing this summer. So it was good to see those guys um, get a chance to play. Uh, you know, some of the other kids um, went home, obviously, and just they were in lockdown. And, right. and it was difficult, especially with the ever-changing 
um, travel travel rules and everything like that. I know um, I know El Dorado had to shut down because they had two kids from Michigan that came in and they had COVID, and so the entire team had to shut down for the summer. So it, w- it was tough to get those guys around. Um, I know Strider, um, our former strength and conditioning coach, um, was sending out lifts for them to do every other week or something like that um, so that they were able to to stay at least fit the entire time um, and you know I think I think it was a, a little tough getting back into it this fall but once we did we kind of hit the road running it was good well one of the things you talked about when I first interviewed you here on the show was the fact that you needed to try to build a relationship with the team and that you know wasn't about trying to you know do things necessarily differently than coach Ealing and that his way was wrong and your way was right just trying to implement the way that you wanted the team to work how do you feel like your relationship building is with this team given the fact that you didn't really get a full first season to try to build that relationship in your first year um i I'll, the one thing that i'll look at that i think i can determine um had a lasting effect and i you know we're at newman university which is known for its academic standards um and you know i have high expectations for how our team does in the classroom and i think we had in this fat last fall semester with all of the changes to Newman University and everything like that, the the expectations of how they do in the classroom, how they handle themselves in the classroom, I think we had half of our roster over 3.5. Wow. Um, so out of 48 people, I mean, it was 24, 25 guys over 3.5 with 12 of them having a 4.0. Um, I, don't, I only think we had like five guys, five or six guys that were below a 3.0. So... Um, you know, that was the first thing that I looked at is is having good kids in the program that take life seriously because, you know, baseball here is for four years, but your education, the degree that you get here is going to last you for the next 40 years of your life becoming a man. Um, and that that aspect alone, I think, is is resonating with our players. Um, I think our returners from last year have done a better job of at least understanding what I expect now to where they're holding some of the other guys accountable on the field in the weight room. Um, it could be better. It could be worse. <laughs> um, but, you know, I still think that there's – I think that also goes hand-in-hand with the competition level is sometimes because you're you're trying to win a spot, you're not holding the leadership thing as high as you want, as I would want them to do. But uh, for the most part, they've done a very good job this year. MIAA series this year are going to work a little bit differently. Typically in the MIAA, they play three nine-inning games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This year, it's going to be a game on Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. From what I was told earlier, the plan was to have those all be nines. Uh, Is that the case? And how do you feel about this one-year scenario for coronavirus to uh, play one Friday and two Saturday, going back to more of a Heartland Conference type of a a scheduling situation? Yeah, that's what we're doing. I think uh, most of the series are Friday, Saturday. I think there's only one or two that are Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah, we've got, we've got massage therapists and acupuncturists <laughs> and everybody available to make sure we can get through that doubleheader. Um, I'm kidding, obviously, but yeah, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> those those are going to be day. a lot of baseball in a short amount of time. Um, I think it's going to test our, test our bullpen a lot. Um, was there any thought of having, uh, did you guys as coaches 
I mean, because in the Heartland Conference, it was always you play the seven and then a nine. Right. Seven inning, nine inning game. Uh, was there any any discussion of doing that? I think there was a, um, uh, I guess, a, a stalemate, if you will. Uh, some coaches were nervous that if we gave up the three nines, then they would just push us back to a double or a two day series in the future. And the coaches have worked so hard to try and get to that three-day series that they didn't want to give that up. Um, And the assurances of that this is just a one-year thing, um, we were going to sacrifice the 997 or the 979 instead of going to two days so that next year we still have the three-day series and okay. everything. Well, so that that is the plan for this year. Obviously, pitching is going to be tested on those days. Do you feel like pitching is going to be a strength? And if you don't know that that's the strength, what do you feel like the strength of this team is going to be at the start of the year? Um, I think, our, bull, I think our, our staff, our pitching staff is a little wider, um, has more depth to it. Um, still some unproven people in there. We have a couple of freshmen that I think can help us out a lot. Um, we had a, a couple of jumps from returners, uh, velo-wise, so excited to see them get into it. Um, but I think our strength is going to be offensively. Uh, I think we're going to be able to score some runs. Um, having said that, it's Kansas, so there's times when everybody can score runs, and then there's times when no one can score <laughs> runs. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see our offense work. I think we're going to be pretty good. Um, offensively, and hopefully our pitching can hold us in games. What do you feel like is something the team's going to have to work on to get better throughout the year to be where you need to be to have a chance to get into that MIAA tournament this year? I think we have to acknowledge just how good the MIAA is. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that we think that we're pretty good. I I think that they know that there's good players and there's good teams in the MIAA. I think we have to acknowledge and and understand just how good the conference is and that there are no there are no weekends where you can take off. Um, there are no games that you can take off. Um, so acknowledging that and making sure that the practices going into it are, are that way and set up that way and the intensity and the focus are set up that way um, is going to be really the difference between us being good and being bad this year. Now, if you've been watching this program, you know that we have a feature this year on the show called The Question Chain, and it starts with the head coach. Oh, and so you're going to ask a question of Devin Beard, and then he, who is the, uh, it's the senior infielder, he's coming up next on the show, by the way, uh, on here on episode, what is this, 34, Colin? It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. It'll be posted right on the website. And then uh, Darren Spence of Women's Basketball, he's joining me here in the last segment as well, so stay tuned for that. Um, but first of all, what are your thoughts on having this senior guy back uh, who transferred in and had a dramatic improvement in terms of his batting average last year, went up by a, over 100 points from his junior year to what would have been what was supposed to be his senior year. Uh, how excited are you to have him back, and what are you expecting out of him this year? Yeah, I'm really excited to have him back. Um, we actually just talked about, I think a couple of days ago, um, last year, through the first three games, I believe it was, he didn't have a hit. And uh, Dalton Dinkle, who was here with us last year, also didn't have a hit. And they were hitting 2-3 or 3-4, whatever it was. Um, and they come up to me and they're like, why haven't you yelled at us yet for not getting a hit? And I just asked them, I was like, do you think you're going to go hitless for the entire year? <laughs> like at some point, <laughs> just relax and go play. And then the very next game, he leads off with like a snap hook double down the line. I think, what would you have, three three hits a day? 
something like that. Um, At and times they, it can feel like yeah, you're yeah. And sometimes it's just you know whatever happens, uh, a bloop single, snap hook down the line and gets you going. And he played fantastic there and on out. I think uh, the the real testament to who he is as a player was against Wayne State. Is that right, Wayne State? Um, he had I don't know what it was. He had some some illness. Um, looking back, it may have been COVID. Now that you think about it, but he played in the doubleheader um, against Wayne State, and he played great. And he I mean he was struggling to get through the game. Um, and he came up to me after the after that second game on Saturday, and said, "I gave you everything I had. I, I don't have any more." And he didn't. He actually didn't come to the game on Sunday um because of the illness and everything and you know him fighting through that entire thing he didn't say a word about it the entire day just went about his business and he played great um and that kind of showed me who he was as a person and then going into this fall he's been fan he's been he's been fantastic more than i could have asked for out of him um you know somewhat of a coach on the field um anything that we ask of him to do in practice like he does it and, you know, hopefully hopefully our younger guys are learning from that and we can get something out of it in the future. Fantastic story there about the illness. So what do you want me to ask him when he's sitting in your chair here in a few minutes? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, if you want a couple of minutes to think about it, we can do does that. Does it have to be baseball related? No, absolutely oh, okay. not. I would, like to ask, I would like you to ask him what his thought process was on buying those prescription clear lens glasses. Prescription that he clear that lens? He did an interview with, I believe it was Kendra Douglas, uh, during the COVID, was it Kendra Douglas from, uh, was it that her? And he did a Zoom or whatever it was, and I, I saw, the, saw the video, and I was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> so right. that's what I would like to know is what, what went through his mind when buying those glasses. I can't, can't wait to, to ask, <laughs> ask him that question. Uh, one question that I have been waiting to answer or waiting to ask and can't wait to talk about uh, are some of the uniform changes that oh, you have yeah. made. Um, I've seen uh, some of the uniforms up at Coach Ealing's office. Um, there might be a different color on some of them this year, so you're going to want to pay attention. I know that the – have you guys done the photo shoot yet, Colin, for this? No. Not yet. So uh, th- that will get posted on, on, the, on Facebook, Twitter, and on the website as well. But you can see one of the new pieces of uniforms would be the brand-new hat with this N, which I believe is the best uniform uniform innovation since I've been a part of Newman Athletics. I'd say the powder blue women's jerseys this year would be number two. Sorry, Coach Spence. Um, but boy, I, I love this hat. You might want to hold your breath. You might want to hold your breath <laughs> on that one. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, how did you come up with this hat and and uh, what's been the feedback that you've gotten from some of the, the baseball alumni about this hat? Because I, I think it's a huge improvement. No disrespect to the NU logo, but this, this should be the hat for forever now. So, um, you know, with the hat, there was kind of a couple things that went into it. Was my dad, who's a baseball coach forever. Um, you know, he was he always had this saying that no words should be on a hat. Okay, Agreed. so we went with that premise starting off with. Um, I told told Zane that I don't want to put NU on anything anymore when it comes to baseball because. I feel that the NU is the school's logo and not the athletic department's logo. Um, And I think that there should be some prestige that's held to not putting the NU academic logo onto sports and athletic apparel. Um, 
And he said, well, what about if we do the circle with the jets on it? And I uh, go back to the original premise of we're not putting words on the hat. Sure. Um, and so we kind of, we brainstormed about this and that. And originally it was just going to be the N. Um, and he, he sat there and he's like, we got to have some, some interaction with our old logo somehow. And then that's where the wing on the bottom came yes. in. Um, and he added that and I, and I, I love it. Um, you know, it's not, we haven't put it on everything right now. It's just for hats. Um, and, but we're hoping to, to move forward with it in the future. Um, from everything else, all the other uniforms and stuff, um, baby blue will show up this year. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm can't wait to see what they look like, um, <laughs> on our guys. Um, and we, we went off of the old miss Minnesota twins look. Um, I think it looks great. Um, we've, I, incorpor- I kind of got a, a Montreal Expos type yeah, of a feel yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Um, you know, I think, I think bringing in a little bit of retro is a good look for everything. Um, and you know, if you look at my fleece a little bit, we've incorporated red a little more than what has been incorporated in the past. Um, you know, I, I just look at our, our colors of, of Navy and red and be like, why do we have to be more predominant in one, one color scheme, you know? So trying to bring both of them in, um, so that everybody gets a feel for it from the alumni standpoint. Um, I don't think that anybody's had a negative outlook on it. I think everybody just looks at it as like it's a change. It's something different um, and, and want to get get used to it more. Um, and, it's again, it's not me trying to trying to separate from what has been here in the past. It's more like let's change it up to get more excitement going on with the with, I, I, with the I think it's a program. fantastic – I think it would look great on polos, cage jackets. I think you could put that thing – everywhere fantastic uh so, so final question for you obviously you guys are going to look good on the field this year with the new uniforms what's your goal for this team this year second year the miaa um you know it probably didn't get picked as high as you would have liked in preseason but that doesn't really make any difference at all what's your goal what do you want this team to accomplish here in year two i think we need to make the miaa tournament um you know, i think coming from coming from the heartland um and then coming into the MIAA, I think the MIAA is a more difficult conference in the Heartland. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think I would be crazy to think that that's a possibility. I think that's I think we can be sixth, seventh, eighth seed in the in the tournament. Um, now, obviously, we're going to have to go into some places and play really well, um, and and play well against teams that that are going to be ranked in the top fifteen. You know, last year we were one in five against UCO and UCM and played well five of the six games that we played them. Um, and I think that's what led us into the Northeastern series where we played well, won the first game, and then everything got shut down. So, um, you know, I think, I think, I think making the MIAA tournament is, is definite possibility. Um, I think we should make the MIAA tournament. Um, for the other games, I, I think anywhere around um, – Winning, winning against teams that are within a two-hour distance of us, Emporia, Washburn, um, Fort Hayes, Pitt, having a winning record against those guys, the old, um, the old NAIA conference teams, right. if you will. Yes. Um, and I think, I think being able to bring in the alumni with how we perform against those teams is really important for building the program. February 12th, home series, Southwestern Oklahoma State. Stay tuned for the updates. Do we know if, if fans are going to be allowed in for that we yet? Have not, we have not determined. I think as of right now, it's just 
parents so only. Keep, keep, so keep up to date, NewmanJets.com. They'll get you up to date with the, the ticket, if you can get those tickets, if they're allowed to have that in. Obviously, hopefully next year for 2022, uh, we'll have McCarthy Field packed. So, so that's the hope. But uh, February 12th, Southwestern Oklahoma State season opener at McCarthy Field. Coach Mouse of NU Baseball, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. we got a senior leader on the team playing on the infield. Coming up next, and we'll ac- ask him about his specs, too. Hey boss, the backhoe was stolen from the Valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah, what am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. Are you looking for a dependable used car, truck, or SUV? Nissan, Jeep, Hyundai, Toyota, not just Fords. Let us help find you the right vehicle to fit your budget. Check us out online at mhford.com or come see us in person at the big corner of 119th and West Kellogg. When it's time for your family to purchase their next vehicle, choose us, Mel Hamilton Ford. Let us show you how easy it is to purchase your next vehicle. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984, Experience the difference. Baseball getting started here in just a couple of weeks. On the 12th, McCarthy Field, the Bulldogs of Southwestern Oklahoma State coming in. One of the senior leaders that will be leading the Jets this season. Devin Beard, senior infielder from New Mexico, joining me here on the JetCast. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Off-season, obviously, we talked with Coach Mouse about how different that was. How different was it for you last year after the season was called off? Uh, it was a big change. Um, never really even expected it. Um, but it definitely when they say play like it's your last day, don't take it for granted, it, it definitely hit home with that right there. Uh, how did that? How did it feel to you? Because I remember talking with – Joe about that and she said that she was you know watching your you guys play I think it was against Northeastern State and was kind of wondering like you know she was getting the the messages that things were getting shut down and she didn't know if she was supposed to pull you guys off the field or let you finish the game and uh, the story goes you guys ended up getting the wins that was a great way to end the season beating the Riverhawks but you know when you guys got that message and, and I think that that interrupted the series right you guys didn't get to finish that series. No, sir. That was our first game of the series. Yeah, the, it was. So it was. That was on Friday. Yes, sir. Um, how did how did that kind of go over in the locker room? When, when did you guys actually find out that you guys were going to have a suspension? Obviously, probably didn't know at the time that it was going to be the end of the year, but um, it turned into that. How did how did that news get received? And how how did you feel when you found that out? Um, after the game, Coach Mouse and Coach Robbie Ray they came up and talked to us, and they were like, "Look." This is what's happening. Um, we don't know anything else as of now. Uh, we'll keep you in the loop. As of now, it's a two-game postpone. Um, so we're going to have to send you all home for two weeks, and we'll pick up where we left off. And then we're at home, and we get told, hey, you're shut down for good. And that was honestly it was crazy because nobody knew, well, do you get your year back? You were a senior. Yes, sir, I was. We played 23 games, and nobody knew what was going to happen. We all felt out of the loop. Um, it was it was crazy, honestly. Th- looking back, like, 
like you never think of these things that were gonna were gonna happen and then it happens and like you're just like like your palms up guy like you don't know what to do a lot, a lot of questions you had to ask, but nobody knew the answers to. Uh, how did that make you feel in terms of knowing that, you know, theoretically that could have been it for you? You could have had, you know, your senior season kind of stolen away and, and not had the opportunity to go through senior day and, and try to make that MIAA tournament first year in the league. Um, that, that had to be tough for, for you as a senior. Oh, for sure. It definitely was. Um, like I said, I was looking forward to it. Um, and then it gets shut down, and then you have no, you don't know what to do. You're lost. You really are. And I'm just glad that we uh, got our year back, and I got to come back. 329 last year, you hit uh, about 120, 130 points better than you did <laughs> as a, as a junior. What do you attribute the improvement to? Um, confidence. Uh, I had a lot of things go wrong in my junior year. Um, didn't I played below average? And that's an understatement. Um, looking back, I tried to do too many things at the at the wrong times my junior season. And leaving there and coming to Newman, thanks to Dalton Dinkle, um, that was honestly the best thing that's happened to me because I knew I could come in, I could play. And from there, um, I, I played with Dalton and Juco. And so we had a little bond going on up the middle with him catching and me at short and my confidence came back and it was like it was it was back to normal myself four home runs in 20 games so uh, hit with a little bit of pop last uh, year a little bit uh, i mean is that something that we should expect uh going into this year um i don't want to try for him but of course but uh if that's what if that's what my team needs out of me then that's what they're going to get you played at southern arkansas as a junior what was the biggest difference moving from that program into this one with a brand new head coach Honestly, um, I don't think there's a huge difference in the programs. Um, I would say that, honestly, I think it's uh, like the confidence. I feel like right now we have players that are actually really good in our in our program, and they don't have the confidence to know that they're really good. And so me as a senior and as a leader, I'm trying to push that upon them. Like, hey, like you're actually really good. Like you have to believe in yourself before anybody else believes in you. In you. And at Southern Arkansas, I feel like everybody believed in themselves. Uh, and so that's why that program is held to a high standard. And as of here, I feel like, and I feel like Coach Mouse is doing a really good job about pushing that upon, like, hey, this is your game, go play it. And when you fail, I'll be here to help you. And I think everybody's finally getting the hang of that and to the point where, like, hey, he's, he's there to help us. He's not there to, like, put us in the, in the mud. So let's just go do our thing. So now we've got to get to this uh, question chain question that, <laughs> that everybody's been so excited about. Um, so first of all, you get interviewed by Kendra Douglas uh, on, on Wichita Television here locally, and she's asking about the, the coronavirus stuff. First of all, th- th- how did you draw this, this assignment to get interviewed by, by Kendra? <laughs> I I have no idea. I uh, got a text message from Coach Master saying, hey, the news wants to talk to you, so uh, okay. get ready. So, And you get ready by ordering some clear no. prescription <laughs> glasses. Can no. you describe these glasses? And, um, and Coach wanted to know, well, why, why did you go with those? Uh, <laughs> I already had those glasses uh, way before the interview. Um, why I bought the glasses. Do you, do you do need you, the glasses? Yes, I do. I do. You do so, okay. I, wear, I wear contacts when I play. Okay. 
And <laughs> why I bought the glasses? I bought them for fashion. That's definitely why. <laughs> uh, do you feel like the fashion's working out for you? A hundred percent. Do the teammate? Do your teammates agree? Uh, it's my it's my glasses it's, it's my look <laughs> it's your it's your well okay i mean uh, do, do you feel like do you feel like the ladies are trying or do you feel like they're uh, appreciating the fashion of the glasses absolutely <laughs> i guess i think i don't know uh, it doesn't uh, sound like he's fully <laughs> fully sold on that so I mean, uh, they ask about him uh, they, they so, th- that's not always a good thing it's not a bad thing uh, either that, 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 that is it's true. a conversation starter th- that is true it would start not sure what kind of a conversation you'd have but um that that that's what he's going for so i'm uh, interested to interested to go back and, and oh, look at these man. final question for you uh sticking getting back on track away from the glasses uh you you heard coach mouse say that his goal is to make the miaa tournament this year that's a very lofty goal what are your goals for the team and goals for yourself here in the in this 2021 baseball season um overall goal i I just want to win um and i think uh, i think a lot of the teammates and hopefully every single one of them they just want to win um making the miaa tournament yeah i think it is a possibility it's definitely a goal in mind, and of course, I I don't ever want to stop. I just want to keep playing as long as possible. Um, I would love to make the MIW tournament, get hot at the right time. You never know what's going to happen when you get there. And from there, I mean, if we can make that tournament, I think it sets like a higher standard towards like the people coming up next year, recruiting class, the underclassmen now coming in next year. I think it's big, and I think it's a I think it's a great goal to have as a team. And I think our team needs to realize, hey, this is reachable, and let's go do it. Um, starting next Friday, it's it's we're hit the ground running. It's time to go, and that's when it starts. And if if you're holding back, then then take a step to the side because at some point, like we're just gonna keep going. Senior infielder from New Mexico, Devin Beard, baseball fashionista. You can catch him. Uh, no glasses during the game, though, right? <laughs> no, sir. Okay, so if he makes a change on that, you can see him out there, obviously, February 12th against Southwestern Oklahoma State. You can watch him in the Jets. Have a great season. Sir, thank you so much. Darren Spence will wrap things up with us talking women's basketball next on the JetCast. When remodeling your kitchen or purchasing a new home, choosing the right countertops can often be intimidating. Trust the quartz and granite experts at Keystone Solid Surfaces to work with you every step of the way, from design to installation. Keystone Solid Surfaces fabricates and installs the highest quality quartz and granite countertops. So remember, when you're ready for new countertops, the key is Keystone. Keystone Solid Surfaces. Call 316-778-1566. That's 778-1566. Or go online to keystonesolidsurfaces.com. Jet fans, there's a new way to stay connected with your team. Download the free Newman University Athletics app now. Sign up to be a fan, student, alumni, or booster club member and receive notifications on your mobile device on your favorite Jets teams. Schedules, live stats, live broadcasts, and more. The Newman University Athletics app is your digital ticket to NU Sports. Download the Newman University Athletics app for free today on Google Play or the App Store. Wrapping up the JetCast, talking women's basketball. Tough road swing coming up for the Jets this week as they make the Western Kansas-Nebraska swing, taking on Fort Hayes State. And the as of today, 
number four Loper, so that's probably going to change as they lost two games to Fort Hayes State last week. They had been undefeated. Obviously, really, really tough stretch of schedule. Head coach Darren Spence is with me here. Uh, first of all, coach, how do you go about recovering from a week like you just had? 0-2, trying to rebuild confidence, tough stretch of games coming up. Uh, how, do, how do you get back to the grind and practice and help? As you talked about, you said you're going to have to help them build confidence this week after the game we talked on Saturday. How do you go about doing that? Uh, great question. We just just keep doing what I've been doing for 36 years now. You know, win or lose, it's always the same. You don't uh, you don't change. You know, it's always again. It's when Nick Saban talks about the process, it's accepted as gospel. But that's all it is. <laughs> even for, even for us low lifers here, um, it's just the process and in. You have to fall in love with the process of wanting to be better, wanting to get better. That's coach, that's players. And um, and as soon as that's lost, then you should get out. You should stop coaching. You should stop playing. So you always have to keep an edge, you know, and that's your identity as a, as a, as a basketball player to keep, you know, just pushing forward to get better. How much pressure does it put on a program, coaches, players, when you're in a league like the MIAA that puts so much pressure on you, not just from the fact that you, you know, can lose every game because the other teams have, you know, have programs and traditions in place, but also that so many of those programs are at such an elite level. I'm not sure there's any other Division II team that has, you know, I think you can look at the MIAA and say that there are four, you know, elite programs in the MIAA. I'm not sure that's something that any other league has. And you're going to be facing two of them in one road trip. Right, exactly. And you know, the, the crazy thing about it is, like with the national rankings, like MIAA, we have no one in the top ten. And then you have another league that's got like three in there, and it's just ridiculous about um, – it's almost like all the other coaches and people voting on that, like gang up against the MIAA. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, and I, and I told, I told Steve at, at Lubbock Christian, I said, you guys wouldn't be going 20 and 0 in the MIAA. There's no way. Um, but that's what happens. You know, we just, we just, even, even the, the middle to the bottom teams are really good. Not to mention what you just asked about the top ones. Those of us here at Newman and, uh, Northwest Missouri or, or Northeastern State, uh, Rogers, we're working our tails off and sometimes going to a bazooka fight with a, you know, a pocket knife. But <laughs> it's it's a challenge. It's hard. And, yeah. And yeah, I, I keep telling our players, you could play your best ever, ever and do really, really well. And still get beat in this league, still finish in the bottom part. Doesn't mean you're terrible. Doesn't mean you're awful. Does it just means it's it's uh, it's a really good league when you take into consideration facilities and traditions and multiple national champions in, in women's basketball and and the MIAA is good in in all sports, but football and women's basketball, you know, with outside of Northwest Missouri's men's basketball team, women's basketball is by far probably the top of of the entire league and. It's been proven in attendance for 12 straight years. Um, it just, yeah, there are some elite teams to your to your question. And going to Fort Hayes and the Kearney on one trip, um, 
you know, it just it's it's uh, it's hard. Yeah, yeah that's a, it, not an easy assignment. I want to go back and ask about a couple of these players we haven't gotten to talk a whole lot about this year, and those would be your freshmen, Elise Kaiser and Ashanti Day. They've been injured. Elise Kaiser's been hanging around the program uh, out of her brace now from her knee injury. Ashanti Day has been hanging out at home uh, with a with her hip injury from surgery. I know that these were two players that you were hoping uh, were going to get a chance to get out there see what they can give you this year uh unfortunately it didn't happen how are they both doing i know with elise you've gotten to see her on a very regular basis maybe she's even made a couple of road trips with Mm. you how how are they doing trying to recover from these injuries that have unfortunately stunted the start of their careers here in college Uh, i'm i'm glad you asked about them because they're they're two amazing kids um who we did plan on having help us this year they're two of our difference maker kids that we don't have. And by that, I mean athletic, quick, fast. You know, it, with Elise, you know, um, run, jump, long, you know, defensively um, would help us tremendously. A uh, slashing type kid who can shoot the ball also. Um, and then Ashanti is as good as anybody. You know, Ashanti is border. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. She's got a lot of treasure Job in her. That's she, a high compliment. Her and Sydney were the two-headed monster, where Sydney's more of the, the facilitator, get everybody going. And Ashanti is, I'm going to score on you. She's, <laughs> she's that kid, and that's what we've missed this year. Um, Ashanti is that, if you're not doing what you need to do, teammate, I'm getting in your backside. She's that kid, and we so missed that this year. So um, haven't seen, and it's hard with Ashanti. She's been home because she's been non-weight-bearing on her hip. Mm. since she had the surgery. And so, you know, just think about how hard it's got to be on her, not around her teammates, you know, not not even in the in the building ever. Can't watch her team practice play when she was practicing earlier in the year. You could see she's special. She's going to be good. Shoots it with range, gets to the lane, gets to the basket, um, mid range, pull up stuff. So. Not to throw a whole bunch of pressure on her next year, wait on her, because you never know how she's going to come back from the hip. But um, we miss her personality, we her spunk, her fire. Uh, yes, Elise is around every day, so she gets to see it, and that kid is working her backside off to get her knee stronger and get and get ready for next year. A lot of times when you go in and watch <laughs> women's practice, I have a lot of times this year, and it seems like she's always on the bike, always trying yeah. to do something, shooting free throws, so she's, yes. she's trying. But unfortunately for her, it won't be this year, but they'll both be back next year. Faith Mason Vestal, obviously uh, a big subtraction from your team with a back injury, and just looking at her walking around – you know, there's a lot of things about being a Division One athlete that I have no concept of, but that look as you, you know, walk around, you kind of sit sideways, <laughs> that, that is a feeling that I know too well. And it's so such a frustrating injury because, you know, it, it usually, at least when it happens to me, it's a real fluky thing, and right. it just seems like you have no control over when it gets better. How is she doing? Oh, it's she's stiff. And, and I relay to her what I've gone through with that same my, yeah. my SI joint, and it really affects my golf game in the <laughs> spring and the summer. So stretching has been you know, a big part of my life. Yes. It's got to be a big part of her life now. And it is just, it's just one thing. She landed, got pushed from behind, and it just, it just happens. And uh, 
It's but so weird. It, it is. But to me, it brings back a whole other issue of all through this COVID stuff and you get shut down and then you got to jump right back out and play. And these kids have a hard time of getting in shape, in, in good enough shape. You see it across the league that there's a lot of injuries going on on, on men's and women's side. And so and in Faith's case, she's already had two knees, you know, and so her balance, you know, had to pull hamstring last year. Um, so she's a little off balance to begin with. And when she gets tired and worn down and beat up like she does because of how she plays, you know, stuff like that happens. So, um, you know, I don't know if if we play her coming up, if we don't. But, yeah, not having her just allows people to guard our other people that are supposed to be sh- making shots even tighter, and it makes it even tougher for us. Going to Gross Memorial Coliseum, and I know that while this hasn't been an easy place for you to play, I know in terms of the atmosphere, it's one of your favorite places. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you have uh, more than once had, we'll call it a conversation maybe, with the, uh, with the local pep band there, which is right adjacent to the bench. Now, we're not sure if they're going to be involved in the game. Don't know what the attendance is going to be like. Um, but w- when you get ready to to prepare a team for these road atmospheres how much different is it going to be next year because normally you would have gone to all these places and kind of gotten a taste of like okay this is what the miaa is like on the road and i don't really feel like you've gotten the full flavor with full crowds bands and and all the the atmosphere the cheerleaders haven't really gotten that this year so how how can you help prepare them in whatever way you can for that next year because obviously we're hoping that it will be uh you know back to more of that next year well you know it's it's funny you bring that up because they're out in western kansas and those people out there don't think the covid gets out there so (laughs) i'm just i'm i'm perplexed at how different every setup is in this league county states i I get all that but there's no mandate league-wise this is how it's got to be so fort hayes benches all in the line carney all in the line so like it's just different and even though these places haven't had their usual number of fans when you walk in there you know it's game and that's the that's one of the other challenges you know it's a game i mean there's people milling around popcorn's going on sure the band will be there they just moved them up top okay yeah but what doesn't make sense is they move the band up top but then they're letting people sit right there which is really kind of strange but um yeah it's just it's but you know it's an MIAA facility when you – it was like Northwest Missouri had their band. They had people in there. Yes. You go, at Rogers, you know, they've been averaging four or almost 500 a game. Um, Central Oklahoma early in the year, it was like a party every game. Then they've since shut it down because the COVID has really affected their men's team. Yes. Um, so it's just different everywhere you go. And, and trying to get used to it, yeah, it's going to be different going into next year. If we return back to what's called normal, but to me, there is no new normal. It's just what it's been. And can we get back to that? Um, But yeah, it's, you still know you're at Fort Hay state. You still know you're at Emporia state. You still know, you know, you're at, at Northwest Missouri where there's that tradition going on. And um, that in itself is something that we're trying to um, grow to. Final question for you, Fort Hayes State. Obviously, a, a difficult matchup for every team. The undefeated Lopers just found that out in a 
big way as they had to play back-to-back games and lost both of them to the Tigers. So the Tigers are currently in third place, only a half game back of the win column, and I think .09 or .009 of the index points out of first place. You're essentially playing two first-place teams in the conference on this road trip. Uh, What's your goal for going out to Kearney and Hayes this week? What do you want to see out of your team? You've said, you know, in the previous weeks, at this point in the year, it's not necessarily about the wins or the losses, but how you guys play. How do you want your team to play in this game against Hayes and then on Saturday at Kearney? Well, the first challenge is to make sure the bus drivers know what door to take us to. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's been an adventure. Um, but to go up there and just, you know, just go fight. Have some fight to you and, and, and hang around, you know, and, and keep punching back. And um, at the end of the game, we always talk about, especially these tougher road games, let's just have the ball score tied with a chance to, to get something done. But what happens up until that point is a struggle it's a fight it's a challenge and you got to be up for the task and um our challenge has been we haven't been consistent in that you know in that endeavor so uh you know take a step forward grow up a little bit here more um you know see our younger kids keep competing uh hopefully our older kids will you know can return to maybe some things they did a couple years ago and, and and shake out of what they've been uh, given us, but just just grow and, and and keep competing and play for the love of the game. Thursday at Fort Hayes State, it is a five thirty tip off. Doubleheader coverage. We'll have that one for you on the Newman Jets Audio Network on Thursday. South Central Ceiling and Paving tick off the tip off show at five fifteen, and then a later start time on Saturday at Nebraska Kearney two and four for those games on Saturday uh, up in Kearney. Coach, good luck on the trip. Have a safe trip, and we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Thank you, Darren Spence of the Jets. That is our Jet. Cast. We're going to continue spring sports previews next week. I think the plan is for softball next week, so we'll plan on that with Coach Gustafson next week. So until then, Blake Cripps saying go Jets.